armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? You have any idea? Really? This is you what you're doing? You have what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. I think the Panthers owe everyone an explanation why Steve Wilkes didn't get the head coaching job. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Got some news coming in from the NFL. Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator who was fired by the Jets, is being hired by the Rams. And that coaching tree, that ancestral coaching tree continues as they just keep swapping each other back and forth and forth and back until... Basically, the NFL gets tired of these guys not performing, and then they'll eventually look elsewhere. The other thing you have to look at, and it's not that Frank Reich is not a good coach, and I think that he's going to do a good job, but why didn't Steve Wilkes get the opportunity after what he did with Carolina and turn them around after a one-and-four start? He had them, not only did he coach them to a winning record under his tutelage, but he had them in the playoff hunt until the final week of the season. So I really don't get why Wilkes didn't get an opportunity. He said all the right things um, when asked about this. Basically said that, you you know, it's a learning experience. Blah, 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 blah. You know what we want to hear? We want to hear someone finally come out and say, you know what, I got screwed. I went out there and I coached my butt off. And I turn a team around that, that's, by the way, traded their superstar in Christian McCaffrey to a conference rival in the San Francisco 49ers. You then got rid of the quarterback that you brought in to be the savior in Baker Mayfield. And I was left with Sam Darnold a wide receiver in DJ Moore who had he not taken his helmet off against the Falcons. What was that week two, week three, whatever that was and got the celebration penalty that cost 
the Panthers, the game, the Panthers probably win the division and the Panthers not only win the division, it's probably Todd Bowles. that gets fired and Wilkes probably ends up keeping the job had Carolina made it, but I don't think Wilkes got a fair shake in that deal. It's not that I'm, that this is any kind of damning towards Frank Reich. I thought he got a raw deal in Indianapolis. And I also believe that he'll do a good job in Carolina. That's really going to come down to what quarterback can they get a hold of. Bobby and I are going to bat that around here in a second, but there's a lot of options with the Carolina Panthers and where they can go. Do they stay with Sam Darnold and try to build elsewhere on the team, or do they go after one of the many quarterbacks who are going to be up for grabs here in the offseason? The other thing that you have going on in the world of sports is obviously the NFC and AFC championship game are Sunday, the NFC championship game being 3 p.m. Eastern. That'll put the Eagles hosting the 49ers currently. That line is still minus two and a half Philly. I'm getting to the point where I don't think it's going to move. So if you like it, you might as well grab it one way or the other. And then the other line has flip-flopped in the last 24 to 48 hours. It was Cincinnati favored by a point. Now Cincinnati is an underdog. And that really comes because Patrick Mahomes has at least played the part and looked the part in practice. And he's and they say he's been a full participant in practice. Is this gamemanship by Andy Reid? Does he know that he's going to send Mahomes out there and he better have a plan B and the plan B? I would assume that Chad Henney is getting snaps this week, quite a few snaps this week, to have him ready. And there's got to be an alternate game plan because with the high ankle sprain, if he looks anything like he did against Jacksonville, there's no way that they can roll him out there unless the defense just comes up with unbelievable turnovers and just does a phenomenal job. And I don't think the Kansas City defense is going to get pushed around, but I also don't think they're going to shut down Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Because that game will be in Arrowhead, 630 Eastern, or as a lot of folks are calling it, Burrowhead, because Joe Burrow has gone in and beaten Kansas City. This will be the third time that they will have played what in the last, was it last 14 months? 13, 14 months. And overall, Pat Mahomes is over against Cincinnati. Obviously, the last two matchups versus Burrow. The one this past season was in Kansas City. I mean, excuse me, Cincinnati. And the, and obviously, tomorrow or Sunday will be in Kansas City and Kansas City fans obviously will be into it and they'll be raising cane and they'll be shaking the stadium. But is that going to be enough? And just to get you an update on some of the injuries that are going on as we head into Sunday's championship Sunday, Elijah Mitchell, 
He's got a groin injury. He was not seen participating in practice yet again on Friday. So is he going to be available? Andy Reid is claiming that Patrick Mahomes will be a full go. But what does that really mean with a high ankle sprain just by kickoff? It will be just eight days removed when normally these guys miss every bit of three weeks, four weeks. Sometimes it's, it's a six week, eight weeks situation. In fact, in fact, one of the things that's becoming more popular with the high ankle sprain is they have laser surgery and puts them out for about six weeks, but they come back stronger. Well, obviously that wasn't an option at this point. Bengals right guard, Alex Kappa has been ruled out for the conference championship game. And Jonah Williams, the left tackle for Cincinnati has been ruled out. Now that is a big deal, but they also did not play last weekend. Tight end Hayden Hurst says he will play. In the conference championship game, he has a calf issue. And, of course, we just mentioned Mike LaFleur to the Rams as offensive coordinator. And Dan Quinn, if you missed this yesterday, defense coordinator for Dallas has taken his name out of any running for head coaching positions and is coming back yet again. But... Some of the things that we're still keeping an eye on, still waiting for updates for today. Yesterday, McCall McCall Harbin, excuse me, was limited in practice. He has like a pelvis hip contusion is what they're calling it. They do most think that he will play, but but he's not getting a lot of practice in. And Christian McCaffrey says he is absolutely going to play. And now... With the the fact that Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, once again did not practice, one of the things that jumps out at you is maybe it's time to throw some money in on some Christian McCaffrey prop bets. Because if they don't have Elijah Mitchell to spell him, it's going to be the CMC show coming out of that backfield. And if he is healthy, you could do worse, right? So that kind of gets you caught up on what's going on here in the world of sports. And there hasn't been a lot of big moving and shaking in Major League Baseball. But a couple of things that you, that you might have heard during the sports flash. One of the things is I did find it interesting that the... Major League Baseball teams did not go back after Tanaka. You know, Masahiro Tanaka signed a two-year deal to play in Japan, and he has gone over there, pitched pretty well the last couple of years. His ERA is just over three. A little surprised someone didn't take a swing at Tanaka and see if if they could afford to bring him back over at a reasonable rate back here to the States and maybe put him, maybe he's a... I mean, the first person I think, first team that I think of be a perfect fit would be to throw him in into the Tampa Bay Rays, right? And so we have all of that going on. And then, of course, we have still a couple of, of decent names out there. And I look, I know they're older, but with Ian Kennedy coming off the board 
and signing his one-year deal. Zach Grinke, though 39 years old, he is still available. And he's a and he's an interesting one because Zach Grinke is a guy that is not only can he, he's willing to pitch out of your bullpen bulk innings or do spot starts at this age. He was even more valuable in the National League before they put the DH in because he was actually a pretty good hitting pitcher. But that's neither here nor there anymore. But I'll be interested to see. They, the rumor is he's probably going to head back to Kansas City where he has spent quite a bit of his career off and on. But you do wonder if a contender, whether they sign him or make a move for him down the stretch, he has shown he he can still pitch. I don't know if he's a guy that can go out there and give you five or six innings on a consistent basis, but he's he is a guy that can go out there and be an opener. He is a guy that, that you could put in in middle relief. King gets out of hand one way or the other. You could do a lot worse than bringing Zach Grinke in. And the knowledge that he would have, and from my understanding, has always been a really big clubhouse guy and gets along with the guys. He's, he's kind of a quirky guy, kind of a funny guy. It would probably mesh in a lot of locker rooms. So we'll see what happens there. Ian Kennedy does sign a one-year deal with the Rangers. It's a minor league contract. You got to figure they're they're trying to piece together their bullpen. On that note, beginning this Tuesday, Nate Miller of the Texas Rangers will be joining us once a week on Tuesdays at from uh, in the three o'clock hour. And we'll be talking, obviously, a lot of baseball. We'll be talking a lot of uh, not just the Texas Rangers, but American League and American League West. Want to get, want to give folks a little bit of a of a flavor difference as we get closer to the baseball season. We do talk a lot of Braves, and we do talk a lot of National League because the Braves are in the National League, and this is a Braves based show. But we do want to try to mix it up a little bit. So Mondays, you're going to get. You're going to get the the Red Sox, Yankees, AL East with Temis. Nate will bring you the the uh, the AL West. So we'll get our fill of American League baseball on the on the three o'clock hours on Monday and Tuesday, and then of course we we've got our Cubs guys that come on. We've got obviously Braves guys. I'm here every day and. Uh, Justin joins us every Wednesday now, so we will have you covered with baseball. As football season is coming to a close, it's hard to believe. It seems like it gets shorter and shorter every year, even though they're adding weeks, <laughs> much to the chagrin of a lot of uh, football wives. But it's hard to believe that we're down to – we have three games left. We got the championship Saturday. And then, of course, we have our, excuse me, Championship Sunday. And then, of course, we have the Super Bowl. And we will be bringing you our kickoff show this Sunday, 1 to 3. And we will also bring you the kickoff show 1 to 3 on Super Bowl Sunday. So that rolls you right into your action. Okay, let's take a quick break when we come back. 
Bobby Schneider joins us, and we're going to talk some NFC. What is Arizona going to do? Frank Reich is gone, which I, by the way, think would have been a great fit in Arizona. Where, what is the direction Arizona is going to go? Now no Kingsbury, and we don't know how long Kyler Murray will be out. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. Keep it locked in here to 99.1 FM and WQEE. Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Work is work. You don't show up late, you don't make excuses, and you don't not work. If it wasn't work, they wouldn't call it work. They call it super wonderful, crazy fun time. <laughs> or skippity-doo. It all starts with just one thing. Get to know your local beekeeper. You can make sure they don't use chemicals in the hive, that they only sell surplus honey, plus locally produced honeys have a smaller carbon footprint. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? The armchair quarterbacks are covering America's pastime from spring training all the way to the fall classic. 5-2 Dodgers in the ninth. Got him. They've done it. Like the 1969 Mets, it's the impossible dream revisited. And Myers bringing it. And the pitch is hit in the air. Foul off first. Benzinger backing and calling. And the 1990 World Championship belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a one nothing. Bell, left field, way back, Blue Jays win it! The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Armchair. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Oh, you think you're tough picking on an old man? Maybe you'd like to try taking on somebody your own age. You got any kids? Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. Here on TGI Friday, baby. Bobby's with us. Bobby, are you ready for a crazy Friday in the borough? I am. I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably going to be inside all night refreshing the news on Sean Payton, but uh, that'll be exciting enough. What's the weather like in Middle Tennessee this weekend? Windy, windy, wet, pretty cold, not enjoyable. Oh, joy and rapture. I'm just, I, I, I miss it up there like I do a bad rash. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna, it's getting nipply down here, man. It got all the way down to. Uh, it's gonna be in the 60s this weekend. So, I, man, if we can get a day in the 60s up here, I'd be happy with it. I'd be looking at the super, so strangely enough, even though it's normally warm here, warmer here. Uh, we were looking at the Super Bowl Sunday, and man, I'm telling you, 
every single year we'll have beautiful weather Super Bowl Sunday hits here, and it's it's either freezing or raining or a little bit of both. I think we're actually going to get a decent one, but we're still so far out, I'm not 100% sure. My wife's over there reading the tea leaves off some app, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, we are, what, what are we, 16 days away from this? I'm like, there's no way this thing's accurate. I, by the way, I have to mention something. So I got a gift from Christmas from, from my wife that I hadn't put together because it took a while for it to arrive, and then I've probably had it for about a week. And really what I'm, what I'm needing it for is when we start doing the baseball broadcast, it's nice to have something that's going to flash the scores and I don't have to open up other other outlets. Have you heard of this thing called a tidbit? I haven't, no. So it's pretty cool without giving it in, in their own infomercial for free. Um, I don't know why, but I started seeing it on Facebook and a couple other places. Long story short, I'm going to have to try to get a video of it and put it up just so people know what I'm talking about because it's sitting right behind my camera right now. So I can't really pull it because it's, it, it has to stay plugged in, but it's kind of a retro looking. What it looks like is it's like a wooden box, almost like an old school alarm clock. And then the face of it. Do you remember the old uh, light brights? Light brights. Um, I think it's a little before your time, but I don't know if you'd ever seen one. If I had seen it, I might be able to recognize it, but off the name alone, so, no. Basically, like light bulbs, lighting okay. board up, and what it does is it connects with uh, applications. That mm. you, so, so, so there's an app that you download on your phone, and inside the app, you choose what applications you want to run on it. So, so, so it's a revolving deal, right? Mm-hmm. And... The short of it is why I got it was for weather and sports scores. Mm-hmm. So I can, and it's up to the minute. It's not like, you know, they're giving you scores from, you know, last night or whatever. I was checking it last night when, when, when I was c- connecting it. And as I was watching the Celtics Knicks games, it was, I mean, it was updated to the second. Mm. So, um, but anyways, pretty cool. I just got them some new customers. Well, the main reason why I bring it up is not too long ago, there there was a tornado watch. I had no idea it was going on in the Atlanta area. Well, this thing here is going to tell me. It's going to tell me all hmm. kinds of weather alerts and all that kind of junk. So, wow. so that's, you know, and that's the end of old man radio today. I was just going to get everyone uh, <laughs> excited because I could see weather. Well, I, I, I don't know about you, but every weather app that I have, when it opens, first of all, it, it takes too long to open for my mm-hmm. like. And then when you get in there, there's 47 ads where all I'm trying to get is the forecast. <laughs> I just use the one on my phone. That, that one seems to be reliable enough. I used to use that one, but it but it kind of bites. I'm assuming that mm-hmm. you're talking about the one on iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the one that comes with it. I don't mm-hmm. like it because, hey, it's, it's not that reliable compared to, like, the weather, mm-hmm. weather channel and whatnot. And, it, and they don't have the radars and all that kind of stuff, which is a little more important to those of us who live on the coast because there's always water coming in on you, right? Yeah. Um, but the one that's on the iPhone, I get. I guess it was okay when I lived in Middle Tennessee, but I really like knowing like what's going on. Well, these things have weather alerts that you can put on, and they will only pop up when there's a weather alert in the area that you put it in. Hmm. 
So one of the first ones I grabbed was the uh, Atlanta area. So anyways, hopefully that will keep me a little more in the know what's going on. But I'm like, let's talk about <laughs> what are the Georgia Bulldogs doing this weekend? And it was like, shut up, man. There's <laughs> Three just came down in my yard. So, all right. Anyways. Um, before we get in the NFC championship game and the lines and everything, Arizona coach coaching situation. What are you hearing? What's realistic? Cause I'm not buying Sean Payton, although I hope it happens. Cause I know that's what you want. You you've been really uh, not opposed to it happening, but you just don't have any expectation. Look, I, I get it. it. It seems like a long shot, but an eight hour interview yesterday, that's pretty telling that there's at least some interest there on both sides. Um, I think he's a realistic candidate. I think another realistic candidate is Brian Flores. He has connections with our new GM. He's already interviewed once. They don't have him lined up for a second interview yet, but he has one under his belt. Um, I think it's going to come down to Peyton or Flores. I'd obviously much rather have Peyton, but uh, I'm not sure the direction the team's looking at, and I'm not sure if we'll be able to hash out a deal with New Orleans um, on a trade and all the all the you know contractual well, you've stuff got a better chance of doing it because you're not in the division i get that you're in the conference yeah. but i mean come on it's yeah. something, they're gonna they can't paint, paint themselves into the corner with mm -hmm. that well that and, and the teams that are you know still pursuing peyton have narrowed down quite a bit the broncos there's reports that him and the ownership group had some disagreements during a meeting he said that wasn't true. Um, so right now he's he's still in play for the Denver job. You know, you know what the disagreement was? The ownership group says Russell Wilson doesn't suck, and he's going yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> that might have been it. But um, and he, but he said that wasn't true. Who knows? Maybe he's just covering his tracks. It's hard to really tell right now. Um, yeah. But I think he's still in play for the Denver job. But if they go for a different direction, then. That leaves him pretty much with just Arizona as his only choice if he chooses to come back this year. Well, I really hope that he does end up in Arizona because mm -hmm. I don't want to see him in Indianapolis, and that's where I yeah. keep fearing that he's going to end up. Because if he was smart, that's where he would go. I don't know. I don't. I think they that could pull off. They they could attract a quarterback there, right? They could, but Ursay just doesn't seem to have it all all going up here. I don't see. I don't know what his vision is, but he seems to be really uh, fond of Jeff Saturday. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's planning on tanking a few more years and just keep. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's, he's like, off drafting that quarterback. Some guy in here like Peyton. He's going to turn it around. And we're going to be, you know, we're going to end up being like eight and nine next year and get a terrible draft pick. What I need to do is lock Jeff Saturday in for a three year deal. We can really <laughs> suck BBs and we, we'll get the top draft choices for like half a decade and then let's go. That might be what he's thinking. I'm not sure. A lot of the people within the Colts organization have tried to steer him away from that, but he really likes Saturday. I. I I don't understand that. the the only The only other thing that I could think of with Jeff Saturday, if you bring him back, is because he's a yes man, and Ursay just mm -hmm. doesn't want anyone that's gonna. Because, let's be honest, Sean Payton's gonna do Sean Payton things Sean Payton's way. He's not gonna listen mm -hmm. to Ursay. Absolutely. But Jeff Saturday is just happy to be there. Mm -hmm. Just happy to get those checks, be a head coach while he can. You know, you almost wonder if if he's taking a, a page out of the 
Jacksonville Jaguar p- playbook and keep when I couldn't understand why they kept bringing Doug Marone back. Mm-hmm. Well, it works out in the end because you had so many high draft picks. Mm-hmm. And then when you had the Urban Meyer debacle, you have, you have high draft pick with them. Yeah. But you have all these high draft picks and you end up building a pretty good young core that now mm-hmm. that's when you go get a Doug Peterson who yeah. can who can turn things around. So I obviously they would never tell their fan base that, but you do wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's hard to tell what their direction is. I don't think Sean Payton's in play for the Indianapolis job. I don't think he has much interest. I don't think they've even interviewed him yet. So I don't think you have to worry about that. I hope not, because that's my biggest fear is that he ends up in the AFC South. Thankfully, he didn't end up in the NFC South and the Falcons don't have to deal with them. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think they were going to have, I, I didn't think that was realistic, but you just never know. Mm-hmm. So Frank Reich, who, by the way, I, th- I think it's a good hire. Don't get me wrong, but I'll say it again. What did Steve Wilkes have to do to keep that job? Because he, he had that team in the playoff. Like, when he took over the team, they were one and four mm-hmm. and they finished what one game under 500. Yeah, and just outside of the playoffs, too. He had that team in a great direction. Um, I really liked what he did to wrap the year up in, in Carolina, but I guess they just wanted to go with a veteran coach, someone who you know they thought could work more on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm not sure what they were thinking. I don't like the – I don't hate the hire. Um, I think Reich's a great hire. I would have liked him in Arizona if the Peyton situation falls through. Um, but Yeah, honestly, that's where I thought he was going to end up at because mm-hmm. I, I thought he would have been a great – coach to come in and try to figure out what's wrong with Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Right. The show, the Sean Payton thing's interesting to me because if he does take the Arizona job, then he's going against what I believe, which is Kyler Murray's a disaster and he's not disciplined and it's going to be hard to get him turned around and sometimes these guys like a challenge, but he better be right. Cause if you go out there and you spit the bit, it's going to be a long time before you can rebuild and go get another quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think of the options for him to coach. I don't think Kyler is the biggest risk at all. Um, we've seen that Kyler, he can be a fantastic quarterback, you know, through the first 12 weeks of last year, he was the front runner for MVP. He was playing out of his mind. This year it didn't go as well, obviously, but he, he's established that he can play at a high level. He can be one of the top quarterbacks in the league when he's playing at his best. And I think a coach like Sean Payton can get that out of him. You know, the other team that no one's talking about, but I'm telling you, he's pretty, he's been really quiet when normally he's not, even after his team has been eliminated. What is going on with Sean Payton and the Dallas Cowboys? Nah, McCarthy's not going anywhere. That's, and even with Dan Quinn coming back, especially him, him passing up on the potential head coaching jobs to come back and be a defensive coordinator, I don't think anything's going to change in the Dallas staff. You know, I thought that too one time. And then the Dallas Cowboys dropped an absolute bomb. And it was around this time of year. And that's the only reason why I absolutely believe that it could be a possibility. And there's kind of a schmucky guy 
coaching the Cowboys, didn't have a lot of faith from the fan base, but he middled around for a few years by the name of Dave Campo. And all of a sudden, one morning, he woke up and Dallas is having a news conference and Bill Parcells is heading to the Cowboys. And this it, feels like that same thing because normally when the Cowboys get eliminated, Jerry Jones is is soundbite after soundbite comes out of Dallas. He has been quiet as a church mouse. Well, I tell you what's been pretty loud within the Cowboys is uh, some, I guess, I, some talk against Dak Prescott. Um, I, their social media page at, and their website as well had something up about how he had a terrible game. Um, it. it they tweeted it out too. I saw someone sent it to me. It was something about how he had a horrible game or yeah. whatever, and it was costly. Look, I know it's social media, but that was big. I, you know, that, that doesn't just get approved it, for no reason. What made it big, and I don't mean to cut you off, but what made it big is it was the Dallas Cowboys verified account that did it. Yeah, it was very was odd. You never seen a couple of days that. later, they'd taken it down. Hmm. Hmm. And I don't think that was, I honestly don't think that that was Jerry Jones unless he, in a drunken stupor, he sent a text to someone says, put that on there. Right. Put a hit piece out of my quarterback. Yeah, that was, that is one of the strangest things. You don't see social media pages trash their own guys ever. I don't mm -hmm. care how bad they played. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'll, I'll just take, for example, I follow all the Atlanta Braves media pages and when they lost, and I mean, it was a bad loss. It was a bad look last year in the playoffs to the Phillies. They looked like they didn't have a pulse. Now, maybe they were tired, whatever we've beaten that horse. But the point is everything was upbeat from the social media pages. Kind of that old, that's okay, buddy. We'll get them, we'll get next, them next year. year. Thank you. Fans. Oh, they'll never, right. they'll never. Yeah. I've never seen a, a team's social media account trash a player. That's there wasn't that's one the first single thing. And they could have been written. There wasn't one single social media post said, well, Ronald Cooney jr. Had his head up his rear and, and wasn't backing up Harris when the ball went off the wall. And next thing you know, they got an inside the park home run in a playoff game. Nothing like that. <laughs> Maybe I said it, but <laughs> it sounds like it. Right. But when, but when you're actually working for the actual team, you can't you can't sound off like that. And it's just, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. It is so strange that that can't. When I first saw it, I thought it was a Cowboy fan page, right? Mm -hmm. And I almost went back to, to react to it. Basically said, you know, would y'all grow up? And then I realized, whoa, this is the, this is the Cowboys page. Yeah, I, I don't know how that got approved, how, how someone checked that off to be posted, but I, I would be interested to see if they still have a job within the organization. They deleted it They deleted it because I did respond eventually to it, and mm. I, I couldn't find my response either um, because all I did was put in uh, lowercase with, with a question mark as opposed to uppercase with an explanation. I just put, how about those Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> How about him? <laughs> uh, the All is well in Dallas. At me. Race <laughs> fan, get out of here. 
Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hit the AFC and we will get these championship lines in. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD, wherever you stream at 99.1 FM, the key. After these messages, we'll be right back. I for the distractions. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites. I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites. Here you go. Yes. Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. They've given me less than one year to turn this place around. Forget about the way it used to be. This is not a damn democracy. We are in a state of emergency, and my word is law. Welcome back. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. I feel like that's going to be the speech that Sean Payton is going to give to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys next fall. We are in a state of emergency, and my word is law. You've got one year to turn this around, Dak, or you're going to be in the XFL. They did trash him, though. I, 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 Bobby, I mean, just to get back to that real quick, I cannot believe that the social media page of a National Football League team would be that irresponsible. I had to do a double take. I, I could not believe that was the Cowboys' actual account. I, would, I wouldn't even expect that from, like, a USFL <laughs> page that probably no. has 13 followers. I'm not even sure an XFL team would do it. No. It was, I, that was pretty low. If XFL did it, they would do it in true wrestling style, and they would do it like during the broadcast on the <laughs> sidelines. It was one of those fat, hairy guys that always seemed to be broadcasting wrestling. Go, you can't handle the tooth. 
<laughs> I just, I, I just, anyways, moving on from that, um, I would love to see what the over-under line on Dak Prescott being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys past 2023, because mm-hmm. we did talk about this a little bit earlier in the week. Come to find out the dead cap for him this year is $89 million. So you're stuck. There's nothing you yeah. can do about it, right? You can't yeah. cut him. <laughs> it would be insane. I forget what his actual hard cap number is. It's around 40, but 89 if, if you just released him. Yeah, you can't do that. So, yeah. And so my thought process would be if I'm Jerry Jones and I've seen this, ha- I've seen this, this uh, movie play out every single time. The same way we get to the playoffs, we stink in the playoffs, we're getting any further. Is it McCarthy? Is it Dak Prescott? Is it the combination of the two? Well, the only way that you can perform a good science experiment is to change the beta and you take McCarthy out, you put Sean Payton in, and you see, we know Sean Payton's a heck of a, a coach, especially with the quarterback whisperer. And if he can't turn Dak Prescott around, then next year the cap hit is much, much more manageable, and you got to either a trade him or b release him. Yeah, they have an out in the contract, and it's I think I think it's something to the point of where it's I think it's as low as what the dead cap hit is on uh, on Tannehill this year, mm-hmm. like around twelve to fourteen, somewhere in that area. That's okay. doable. Yeah. They can they can eat that. We kind of already went over the Colts situation. Who who do you think the Colts are going to end up with? I that I can't get a good read on. Uh, I think they're bringing in Wink Martindale for a second interview. In fact, uh, they've interviewed Bianami once. I know um, they've interviewed the Broncos' defensive coordinator. Can't quite remember how to pronounce his name. Um, Raheem Morris is in play. Apparently, I think he's gotten an interview, and then obviously just all these defensive guys. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of uh, defensive coordinators. The only offensive one, I guess, is the enemy. Because honestly, in in today's NFL, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it's normally the offensive guy that gets the the head coaching position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whether he's an offensive guy or not, he's going to be ridiculed if his offense doesn't go. So he better have a good coordinator. Mm-hmm. With well, that, that, that being said. Hackett goes to the Jets. Hackett, Mr. Green Bay. Rodgers, talking about getting traded. And according to Adam Schefter, they could only be traded to an, to an AFC team. I mean, if this doesn't line up perfectly, I don't know what does. What say you? It makes perfect sense. Um, another team in the AFC that I could see swooping in and making a deal is the Titans. Um, the Raiders maybe have a chance at them, too. Have a re- uh, reunite him with Devontae Adams. That's possible. But right now, it looks like New York's the, the prime destination. They got his old offensive coordinator. They have a solid team built around him. Um, they have a good head coach in Salah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Did you see all the demands that evidently Rodgers is saying that if if he does make this move, that he wants – he started naming off every one of his teammates wants to come with him? Let me guess Randall Cobb's one of them. Oh yeah, Randall Cobb for whatever reason, forty-eight year old, forty-eight year old Randall Cobb. Yeah, he's he's going to be out there running the two-yard button hook. Um, it was Cobb, it was Tunyon, it was Lazard, yeah. who who is a free agent, and I'm forgetting someone. 
Well, I know Lazard's on the way out because he was saying to uh, Packers reporters that he was like, um, he, he said something along the lines of not wanting to be back. So that seems to be uh, coming to an end in Green Bay. Well, let's go ahead and get into the uh, into the conference championships. I, and by the way, for the record, I do think he's going to end up a Jet. It would be interesting to see him in Nashville. And I think he would love Nashville, Aaron Rodgers. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, do I want to go to Nashville where my best receiver is, I guess, Traylon Burks? Or do I want to go play with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, hopefully a healthy Brees Hall? I mean, come mm -hmm. on, let's go. Yeah. I don't think it would have anything to do with being the center of attention though he is it's not like you're going to be some kind of some some you know wilting flower if you if you go to nashville tennessee that's mm. there's plenty of media there yeah when you're more his style but mm. if you look well, at the only, talent, i mean the honestly, only go, go ahead okay the only thing I'd say about the Jet situation with the receiving core is I wouldn't be shocked if Elijah Moore gets moved to Green Bay in a trade because he's already requested out of uh, New York. Granted, he might have had a change of heart, but if he still has that same sentiment, he might be shipped off to Green Bay in that package. Well, I think he would want to stay in New York if he knew he didn't have to play with Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. If they told him Rodgers isn't on the way, then they'd probably convince him. I mean, if I'm the Jets, I, I call Rodgers go look. We'll sign your idiot friend, Randall Cobb, who's at the end of his career. Okay, we'll make you happy. But I'm not bringing all these other guys in because look at the no. receiving core we have. Yeah, and they already gave C.J. Uzama a bunch of money last offseason for tight end. I don't think they would trade for Tanya, and that wouldn't make any sense. He might just have to deal with just Randall Cobb. I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, I get. I would say the, he, they could make him happy bringing Lazard but do you need him? And what's Lazard's going to ask money-wise? So, by the way, their quarterback's going to go from making minimal to, I think he's $51 million next year. Mm -hmm. That's a factor, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> you know, you can't have everyone you want to play for because you're hogging all the salary. See, Tom mm -hmm. Brady always had a good team around him because he was making very minimal, and they could put that money on defense and everything else, offensive line, and it kept him upright. Yep. Well, maybe if Aaron Rodgers marries the biggest supermodel in the world, then he won't have to worry about the, the contract. Well, he's dating some. That is true. Some, some like I, I think it's the daughter or. Yeah, the daughter of the Bucks owner. I think that's what it is. Is that who he's dating now? I believe so. I might be mistaken, but I think that's the case. Sometimes I think he's dating Pat McCaffrey because, I mean, those two, <laughs> those two are inseparable. <laughs> he's on there like every week. He was dating the one gal that was on the, uh, I don't know her name, but she was, she, she was a pretty well-known actress that was, mm -hmm on the uh there was a, a a showtime show that was pretty good before it before covid came out and canceled a bunch of shows well her, her show was one of them and it was a star-studded cast she wasn't a star but she's a pretty well-known actress but they broke up and yeah it looks like you're right um aaron Rodgers' rumored girlfriend shares racy photo
I don't know if I should open that. I think I'll I think I'll leave that one alone. I <laughs> could that could be a dark tunnel. I shouldn't be going down. All right, AFC Championship game. We'll get more into this on Sunday, but um, where are you leaning right now? I'm leaning the Bengals. Burrow's three and zero against Mahomes. Um, Thank they're you. Playing. They're well, coming off a big win against the Bills. I I think this game could go either way. I'm more up in the air on this one than I am the NFC Championship game. But if I had to make a choice with with the line being a pick'em right now, um, I'd go with the Bengals. They're my choice. Has it moved back to pick'em now? That's what I last saw. It may have moved since then, but it's done a lot of moving. It's gone back and forth between who's the favorite. What I saw. Uh... Just before we jumped on the show, it was, no, it still is. Actually, Kansas City's minus one and a half now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it, it moved to one yesterday, and just from, I don't know, the last 45 minutes, it's moved mm-hmm. another half point. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're is, betting on the Bengals, you might as well take money line because plus one isn't going to do much for you. Here's the thing. That money line sucks on, on the site that I'm at. The money line's even. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Plus one and a half gets you minus one ten. I would, I would take the point and a half. Yeah. If I can have that in my pocket, I could totally see this game coming down to a two point conversion. Right? Could be. Yeah. I still think the Bengals are going to roll them. I think they're going to roll them. I really do. Really. I've been in the minority on this this week. Most of the guys that have jumped on here are still believing in Burrow. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Mahomes. And I just I I I think he's hobbled. I think he's more hobbled than, than what he's letting on. Mm-hmm. Well, a high ankle sprain is no joke. That's an injury that normally, if it's a regular season injury, he's probably out two, maybe three weeks. But it's a playoff, so he's gonna he's gonna tighten that ankle up. He's gonna tape it up and uh, hope it stays stays together. So, yeah, I um, I okay. It's one thing to go out there and practice. It's another thing to go to the press conference. It is a totally different ball game. A, he hasn't been hit yet, right? Mm-hmm. So you re-injure it, whatever. And you better know that when they get him down there in that, in that scrum, there's going to be some twisted and turning. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's going to probably be some pushing and shoving matches beginning of the game because the first time someone does that and a Chiefs lineman sees it, it's going to be chaos. Yep. But the other thing is that I saw watching the Jacksonville game, he was slow to the point of release for a handoff, and that is a problem, and it's mm-hmm. not enough time. And that's why I say I think Vegas is tricking y'all. I really do. I, I think mean, they yeah. think that you think that everybody thinks that Mahomes is going to be okay. And, and Burrow has beaten them the last three times. Now, they haven't been blowouts, so I get that. And they do have something to prove. It is hard to continue to beat this, beat a team over and over again, especially one as good as. And if the Chiefs were healthy, if Mahomes was healthy, I'd probably be leaning Kansas City. I just don't think they are. I yeah, you said it yourself. I mean, he was limping back there trying to hand the ball off to Jarek McKinnon. It was hopping. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, that's definitely a cause for concern. And you know, with the Chiefs still being a favorite, because of that's pretty surprising to me. Um, I guess if I were an odds maker, I'd probably have the Bengals at minus two or so. I certainly wouldn't have them as an underdog. Um, but yeah, it's going to hurt the Chiefs, him not being able to 
get outside the pocket and improvise like he does so well. I feel like this game, because Arrowhead is such a big difference, if everybody was healthy, it's almost a pick them, but you got to give them the nod because they're at home, and the line would be about four and a half. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood, four, four and a half, whatever, three and a half, whatever. When you take out Mahomes, I think that's at least worth a field goal plus. Mm-hmm. I think that's I, th- I think Mahomes because when the, when the news first came out, it did it immediately dropped about four points. Yeah. So I don't know where they're getting this one and a half at. So what you're telling know. me is that if Mahomes was all healthy and ready to roll, what the Bengals would be a five and a half point favor underdog. Well, isn't that what they were last week? And they go into into Buffalo, and the game never lo- – to me, the game was never in doubt. Look, I know people don't, I guess, give Burrow a ton of credit on the fact that he's not as, you know, flashy. He can't, doesn't have as big of an arm as a guy like Allen or Mahomes. But I think he's better than Allen. I think he's solidified that. And I already thought that before last week's game. But he's certainly on that, that you know, top level of quarterbacks. I wouldn't put him on a healthy Mahomes level. But since Mahomes is hobbled there, you know, it's a pretty even matchup there. And I think I think the Bengals might have an edge. All right, NFC Championship game. You said you feel much stronger about this one. I'm yes. assuming that you're going on the recency of the Eagles pounding the lowly Giants. That is correct. And I'm not doing it just because they beat the Giants. I'm doing it because on paper, the Eagles have one of the best rosters in football. I mean, they're – there's not a weakness on that team right now. They're loaded from top to bottom. They have, you know, pro bowlers all across the board, and I think they're going to roll. Um, Purdy didn't look fantastic last week. Granted, it was a pretty low-scoring game, but the 49ers looked very beatable last week. They didn't look like a world beater, and I think the Eagles, they're not showing any signs of slowing down. Well, what I believe is when you look at – the Eagles, the one way you can get to them is on the ground. Mm-hmm. They have been gashed on the ground over and over again this year, especially when they're facing a formidable offense. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the difference in the game to me is that San Francisco, now look, it's not going to be easy, and they're going to have to play mistake-free football. And I am a little concerned about Brock Purdy. Well, here's the thing I'm concerned about with the 49ers is while their run game is so strong, both McCaffrey and Mitchell are banged up. They'll both play. There's no question about it. But they're both dealing with some injuries right now. They've been limited throughout practice this week. I'm not they won't they'll play and they'll probably get a lot of snaps, but how much will that limit them and their, you know, effectiveness on the field? That's a big question to me. And I think, you know, if the Eagles can slow down the run game, I don't see a 49ers winning. Well, the team that is the second best on the ground is San Francisco defensively. Mm-hmm. If you go by the rankings, mm-hmm. Philadelphia is middle of the pack. They're they're uh, and one of the reasons why Philadelphia sometimes can can hide their run defense is because if their offense gets out to a big lead, then teams just abandon the run, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But San Francisco is only, was only behind Tennessee this year on yards per game given up. Mm-hmm. And if if Philly can't run the ball, that's going to be a problem. I get that, oh, they're, okay. that their secondary is the one place that you can hit San Francisco. I just believe San Francisco's going to be able to get after the quarterback. 
And if they can get after the quarterback, it's going to be a sloppy day. And the biggest thing that I see out of this is I want the points because I think it's going to be a sloppy, close game and give me two and a half. I really, I really hope it's up to three. We got to take a quick break when we come back. Tones Ariel is going to join us and we are going to jump into some cool games. We're also going to talk the lines and much more. Keep it locked in here on Braves Country here on 99.1 FM and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Some last-minute moving and shaking in Major League Baseball as free agents are trying to find landing spots. Ian Kennedy signed a minor league contract with the Texas Rangers. Also in the news, starting pitcher Austin Voth signs a one-year, $1.85 million contract with Baltimore, avoiding arbitration. Catcher Michael Perez signs a minor league deal with the New York Mets. Cole Irvin traded to Baltimore from Oakland for minor league prospects. Other ones you may have missed over this past week, Juris Familia signs a one-year deal, $1.5 million, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Second baseman Cesar Hernandez heads to Detroit. Jeffrey Springs signs a four-year, $31 million deal with the Tampa Bay Rays, including a $15 million option for 2027. No, he's been a trending topic. Ex-Yankees pitcher Masahiro Tanaka takes a major pay cut to stay in Japan. The former Yankees starter Tanaka re-signed with the Tohoku Golden Eagles. Tanaka will make $3.6 million plus incentives for 2023. The righty reportedly made $6.8 million in each of the last two seasons in Japan. 34-year-old Tanaka felt his deal was fair. He recorded just 13 wins over the last two seasons. Seasons, though posting a 3.16 ERA. Right-handed pitcher Zach Greinke, 39 years old, once one of the most dominant pitchers in Major League Baseball, could be headed back to Kansas City. Greinke was quoted as saying recently that he is optimistic about heading back to the Royals, though still a free agent. In your updated NFL lines, Philadelphia, two-and-a-half-point favorite over under 46 versus San Fran. And the Bengals are now a one-point dog in KC, 47.5 is the over. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Braves fans, thank you for listening to Braves Country Baseball. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and we are here to bring you play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch of your Atlanta Braves, bringing you spring training in two to three games a week all season long. Please like and subscribe today, Braves Country Baseball. (laughs) 
It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. You mean to tell me we're going to drive from here to Texarkana, Texas, and back to here in 28 hours. It's only 900 miles there, 900 miles back. Well, for your information, that ain't never been done, not no rig. That's because you and I ain't never done it in no rig. you got to stop thinking so negative, son. Welcome back. Braves country taking all the way to the top of the hour. We're Sports Map Radio. We'll jump on here with First Name Sports. And remember tonight, little River Dragon hockey action here for you here on 99.1 FM, the key. Seven o'clock tonight, Air Force Heating and Air pregame show with Tom Callahan, and the puck drops at 7.30 as... The River Dragons will play host to Port Huron tonight and tomorrow. So you got back-to-back games tonight and tomorrow, both game times, 7.30 Eastern. We bring in Tampa Tones onto the show. Tampa, how are you, sir? Ah, a lot of snow on the ground and, uh, you know, cold weather over here. But other than that, hanging in there, got playoff football this weekend. So uh, very excited about that. See, if you're actually from Tampa, you wouldn't have that problem. (laughs) You know, this is what it sucks being a transplant, brother. I need to go there. I need to live there and I need to keep my behind over there. Let's put it like that. (laughs) I'm just putting out the obvious out there. Correct. Chicago, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I never understood why anyone lives up there. But Hey, I got a cool story, though. So today at work, I got a call, and I seen it was from noon in Georgia, and she was a telemarketer trying to sell us some trucking business and whatnot. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're from noon in Georgia? She's like, yep. I'm like, do you know the station WQEE? She's like, of course. I'm like, you ever hear of the show Braves Country? She's like, yes, I have. I'm like, all right, that's all I needed to know. Sorry, I don't want to do business with you. Have a good one. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that jerk go on and on and on about about his diatribes about how the Cowboys need to get rid of Mike McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, well, let's get into it. We're doing the cool games to get us started off. And there's been a caveat thrown into this once again. So not every single American is going to sit on their couch for seven or eight hours and watch two football games this weekend. They might be choosing. We only get to see one game. Which game do I? Sometimes you have to fight your battles, especially if you're married. You say, hey, I can only watch one game. Which one am I going to watch? And so I'll throw it to y'all, and then I'll give my answer at the end. Bobby, uh, swing away. What's your one cool game of the weekend? My one cool game, despite the fact that I'll be watching both of them, is that the AFC Championship game, that's my uh, one cool game. Look, I don't think the NFC Championship game is going to be bad, but I don't think it's going to be too close. 
Um, it'll stay within a possession, but it's the Eagles game to win in my mind. On the other hand, this AFC championship game, I think is going to be very close. Um, I know Mahomes is a little bit hobbled and that makes it a disadvantage for the Chiefs, but they're still a great team. Mahomes is still a great passer. I think this will be a fun game. It'll be a rematch from last year's AFC championship. So it's a nice storyline. Um, but yeah, that's my cool game. Tones, what say you? I'm going with the AFC Championship Bengals Chiefs as well. I mean, when you have Burrow, when you have Mahomes, the other game's great too, don't get me wrong, but just such a elite two quarterbacks, two good head coaches over there. You have the new up-and-comer in Zach Taylor. You got the bona fide veteran in Andy Reid. You have so many storylines, you know, and these teams have represented the AFC in the Super Bowl the past three seasons as well. So they're really carrying the torch and dominance right now. And Heck, I think the whole world wants to know who's the next up-and-coming thing. Is it Mahomes? Is it Burrow? We'll find out a lot on Sunday. If you had your pick of all of the quarterbacks out there to build your roster, who are you going with? Is it Mahomes? Yeah. I, I'd still go with Mahomes. I mean, he's done it for five, six years in the league now at an MVP level. He makes throws that look like it's Michael Vick combined with Brett Favre out there in terms of his awareness, underhanded ability. He's crazy out there. Burrow's great too, don't get me wrong, but Mahomes makes at least one play a game where it's like, have I ever seen that in this league before? So I guess this is where I just differ from everybody. I I would take Joe Burrow. I think he's the best quarterback in football right now. Mm. And I'm, I'm still, I still think Mahomes has the title. I think he's still number one, despite how this week goes. I really don't think he does because I can't give it to him when he can't beat Burrow. Just like I can't give it to Josh Allen because he can't beat Burrow or Mahomes. For him to take that title back, he's going to have to beat Burrow this weekend. I don't think he's going to do it. At that point, it'll be four in a row. And there's no way you can sit there and say that, that Mahomes is – I think Mahomes is the most gifted as far as being able to do the goofy things that he can do. But, man, there's something about Joe Cool. Or what was the nickname I saw of him today? Um, Joe Ohio? No, no, no. Jackpot Joey. <laughs> I don't like that one as much. That one's he, – He was asked what his favorite nickname was, and he said it was Jackpot Joey. Wow. And there's a guy out there who, who sells his hats and whatnot, but I don't really get it where it comes from, but it is kind of catchy. I mean, I've always called him Joe cool. And I don't think that changes in my book, but because um, he is, man, he's cool as ice. I mean, if I'm building a team, I'm building it around Joe Burrow, but I'll tell you what, Jalen Hurts is a close second with me. I, I would take Hurts over Mahomes. That's, Ugh. that's crazy. I know. I can't get behind that. I can't get behind that at all. He you can should, make a case for Burrow. You can make a case for Burrow. Well, I think that has to do with with Hurts' injury. But Mahomes is on a different level, man. Just look. If he was healthy this week, you would see it. He would roll through. I'm not gonna say. Oh, I won't say he'd roll through the Bengals. They'd beat the Bengals if Mahomes was fully healthy. It wouldn't be too much of a trouble, and he'd be on his way to maybe winning a second Super Bowl. If that was true, then why hasn't he beaten them before? Because you, you can't say it's because it hasn't been because it wasn't in a big moment. It was AFC right. Championship last year, and he blew a 21-3 to three lead at home. Well, the now, defense blew that. 
defense blew and it's, it's a team game we got to acknowledge that part of it at least it's, well, it's I mean, only fair to say it's, you can say it's 22 guys starting on the field it, it's a team game for one but look if Burrow all wins, team games unless we're going to get argue about tennis they're all team games well, to be fair, it's a lot different with football. You can you can't compare like the team game aspect of aspect of basketball versus football. You know, there's 11 guys on the field on either side of the ball for football at one time. So, look, if if Burrow were to go out there and win an MVP, if he wins a Super Bowl this year, then yes, I could you could make a case that he's number one. Burrow hasn't won the Super Bowl. He had a shot to do it last year, and he didn't get it done. Mahomes has gotten the Super Bowl. He's got that ring on his finger. Look, man. It, we can't ignore what Mahomes has done prior to the last couple of years. That's what I'm trying to say. And he's doing it now with, you know, no-name wide receivers. I know he is Travis Kelsey, yeah. but it's like, who else? TikTok king? Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to discredit someone because they have a good receiver core, but we do have to acknowledge that Burrow has the best receivers in football. That's only fair to say. If Mahomes had that level of talent. Okay, but prior to that, last year, AFC Championship game, Tyree Kill was on – the K- on the Kansas City Chiefs. He was, and I know that, but I'm and just Mahomes saying. has the best tight end in football, and he has mm-hmm. arguably the best coach in football. And Burrow's running back is a lot more superior as well than the Chiefs. Uh, as well. Now, now, I got to ask you, if if Mahomes and the Chiefs goes out there and wins on Sunday, does that put Mahomes back up to number one for you? It's got to be, right? If he, if he goes on and wins the Super Bowl, yeah. I think he's won regardless. Because if it ends up being Hurts versus Mahomes and Hurts beats him in the Super Bowl, how can I put how can I put him there? Because it's a, it's more than just quarterback versus quarterback. Hurts has the best team in football around him. But you just said, so you're arguing in circles. You just said, if Mahomes beats Burrow on Sunday, does that put him ahead of him? No, not quite. What I'm saying. What if I said from no? Your, because from your perspective, game, it doesn't matter. From your perspective, it's quarterback versus quarterback. For me, it's team versus team. Look, if if Burrow beats or if if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, that doesn't change where Mahomes is in my rankings right now. If you know, well, obviously, if the Chiefs beat the Bengals, it still doesn't change. Mahomes is number one regardless for me. For you, I'm yeah. saying if I'm building a team, give me Joe Burrow. Give me Joe Cool. I'd say give me Mahomes and then give me Josh Allen and then give me Joe Burrow. I'm I'm Mahomes, um, Mahomes Burrow, I guess Allen. Allen's a pretty distant third though. I'm Burrow. Hurts Mahomes. Mahomes hurts. Anyway, just anyway you say it, it's very accurate because he because Mahomes is going to be wobbling around the field. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you who hurts Mahomes: the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there, man. I just I, I'm not taking to be top three is not, nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. But he makes mistakes a lot in in big time crunch plays where he's trying to do too much, get too cute. The athletic ability is real with Hurts. I think we've Joe seen, Burrow, to me, just always seems to make the right read. Well, we haven't seen enough from Hurts yet, though. I mean, granted, I think the Eagles are going to win, but this is a big test for him. If he goes out there and lays an egg on Sunday, that's you know a lot more telling because Mahomes was doing this in his second year, too. Mahomes was lighting it up. Well, th- 
Well, this is Burrow's second year. For me, it's hard. The year where he broke his leg. And it's hard to discredit. It's hard to discredit Josh Allen. That he's never had a run game. He's had Devin Singletary his whole career. When a defense could just prepare for the quarterback. I do think I do think the Bills need to get a running game established to take some, some pressure off of Allen. However, the only problem I have with Allen is that we haven't seen him you know, get far. He, he had his chance to go to the Super well, Bowl last year. He, yeah, um, but it's a team game, so. Oh, fair, fair. I know, I know. I it's get a it, team but... game. That's what I'm gonna tell you. Every time we go to Arkansas, it's a team game. How? Okay, you're right. And I don't think Allen has had the best help. I mean, he has Diggs, he has Dawson Knox, but the running game is a concern. Last and I think there's a chance. Has. It's a team game. I think he can get over the hump if he has a team around him, but we just haven't seen it yet. Mahomes has that Super Bowl under his belt. He has an MVP. You know, Allen has none of those things. He so does. I can't but really he's also put been in the league the same longer. And yeah. let's be honest. Let's be honest. If Shanahan hadn't choked it away, he wouldn't have a Super Bowl because they they were dominating that game, and he got too conservative in the fourth quarter and blew a ten point lead with what nine minutes left in the game. San Fran first time. choked it away. Uh, I ain't the first time Shanahan's blown a big game. He did it in Atlanta as the offensive coordinator. That's just something you have to expect. It's the last um, time because this weekend my cool game is San Fran Philly because I don't think that if I can only watch one, I think that's going to be the closer game. I think Cincinnati's <laughs> going to go in and win by double digits. I say it's going to be a blowout, but I think they'll just eventually. And I believe that San Francisco Philly game is going to come down to the wire. And whoever you're pulling for, you're not going to feel real comfortable with 30 seconds left. I think it's going to be one of those types of games. I really do. I think both are going to be great. I'm just happy I got the Chiefs at plus two earlier this week. Well, I don't know. Maggie, you think uh, you think the Chiefs stay with them too? I'm guessing you're going to say no because you seem to have the Bengals winning by a lot. I I said double digits. I think double 10 digits. points. That's, that's if I'd have told you that last week, which I said it last week, that the, the Bengals are going to win by double digits, everyone rolled their eyes. What was the score? 27 to 10. And it wasn't that close. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. That's fair. Yeah. I think I'll you're going to see a hobbled Mahomes. If Mahomes looks anything like he did last Saturday, he's not going to be able to keep up. And they're eventually going to go to Chad Henney. One of my favorite props where they keep taking it off the board before I can grab it is Mahomes' uh, over-under passing yards. Because I want to grab the under because I don't think he's going to play very well. And I, I really – I'm not 100% sure he's going to play to the end. Well, if it is and if it becomes the blowout like you expect it to be, it wouldn't make sense for them to keep him in too long because in that case they're just risking injury for a game that's – This is what I'm saying. Down the drain. Yeah, and that, that, that's now, a good reason to take them to- now, here's the thing. He's got to play for it to matter. But once you get him in the yeah. game, mm-hmm. the problem is with a lot of these um, a lot of these uh, folks. So right now I see it's back up again. Patrick Mahomes, total passing yards, 282 yards. That's a lot. It is. I wouldn't mind the under. And the under in that game I really like. Mm-hmm. 
I'm hoping he has one more good day tomorrow and they're all singing roses. They jacked that up about five more yards. And I'm going to swoop it in there. I think everyone's so hot on the Bengals right now. I love it. I love it. I think Vegas is licking their chops right now, seeing all this money coming in on Cincinnati. Oh, it's not. It's coming in on Kansas City. No, it, it, I read this morning it's actually heavy in favor of Cincinnati, according the to Sharps this morning. Are, the Sharps are uh, banging Kansas City. Uh, Cincinnati was at a 60. That is the reason why the line has moved into Kansas City's direction. But it, yeah, it keep no. That was because of Mahomes. It moved that right. much because of Mahomes. Right. That's it wasn't be, not because of the money though. If it were money, it would have jumped a lot more slowly. This one was a swift turn as soon as Mahomes right. got healthy. But you got to understand that more bets are coming in on Cincinnati. More money has come in on Kansas City. That's that could be. That could very well be. It is. I look at this every morning, and right now, more money, which means the Sharps, is is on is on the uh, Kansas City line. Okay, more bets, which means like like the Joe Blows, like us, throwing five bucks on it. You know what I mean? I got there's, a little. I got a, a little more a than that. Between <laughs> you and I, bets, and you know, name, come up with any nickname. You know, Joe Slick out in Vegas, and he's and like this is his livelihood right so that's so, so that's what so that's why sometimes it's skewed you'll say oh man more more bets are coming in on on Cincinnati, but more money has came in on kansas city because because what they're looking at 100 percent is they believe he's going to play and they're at home and why wouldn't i take the home team mm -hmm. but i'm just telling you that's the same thing that the the line moved towards buffalo last week they ended up being six, six and a half, depending on the book at kickoff. Speaking of that, my stupid underdog, Cincinnati, I'm looking good. Yep. What's your lock for the for the my Dicks? lock? I'm going with the game tonight. I'll leave the, the football talk for later on. Uh, I'm going with the Cavs plus one and a half against the Thunder. Uh, Mitchell's banged up right now. He's day to day, so I'm not sure if he'll play or not. Um, but still, the Cavs are a really solid team. Um, and they're on the road, but I think they can hang, hang within uh, one and a half or even one. So what's the line again? Uh, one and a half calves. One and a half calves. Mm -hmm. All right. Minus one and a half plus plus, one, plus and one and a half. All right. What is your, what, what is your lock today? Tones? I got Draymond green over eight and a half rebounds on the hoops floor. And he's averaged 12.3 rebounds a game since Kevon Looney's been out. They're home against Toronto, and he's put up at least nine rebounds in 10 of his last 12 as well. So I got Draymond Green over eight and a half rebounds. All right. What is your walk-off today, Bobby? My walk-off is enjoy the weekend of football we have ahead of us. Um, for now, though, I'm going to be going back to the news page and refreshing until I see some Sean Payton updates. Um, enjoy the rest of the show, you guys. <laughs> Bobby, I'm pulling for you, brother. Thank you, man. We need it. It very I'll much reminds me the entire time that Danzy Swanson was a free agent. Refreshing. John Heyman said anything about anything. I feel you. I'll see you guys later. All right, brother. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, 
We're going to dive into who is Tampa Bay going to hire to take care of that offense? And who's going to play quarterback next year? We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, 99.1 FM. Braves Country on YouTube Live, covering the AFC South and NFC South, along with the rest of the NFL. Subscribe and like us today. Your first choice for sports talk, Braves Country on WQEE and YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. I hear these fools on TV talking about defying the police and things like that. We need police reform and prison reform and things like that. Because you know who ain't going to defund the cops? Rich neighborhoods. So that notion they keep saying that, I'm like, wait a minute. We just going to leave. Who, who are people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods? ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterback. Reggie Gillespie dives into the end zone. The winning points for North Carolina State. And the teams come together in the end zone, pushing, shoving between the pack and the heels as Gillespie has scored the winning points, his fifth rushing TD. But these teams need to be separated. The emotion boils over on the last play of the game as Gillespie goes to the end zone. And it's a sea of Carolina blue and state red. And Carruthers gets into it, and they've doused him, and now we've got a big brawl out on the field. Marring would have been the 200th victory for Bobby Bodman. Look at this. That's an ugly mess down there. This is ugly. Starting to get it cleared up down there, although there's still some bodies flying around. ACC football, backyard brawls all year long. Hey, folks, this is Mark White with The Mark White Show, and you can tune in to The Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern sports and talk. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. <laughs> Welcome back. Four twenty-five. We missed it, but yeah, smoke them if you got them. Woo! Friday, TGI Friday. And thank God it's finally here. The conference championship games. But before we get back into that, Tones, the Witches City was in Tampa. <laughs> I wish. He lives vicariously through through fictitious lives. <laughs> As he, I do like the fact that you got the sun beating on you through the window in Chicago, but I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's glistening off a bank of snow. Um, I saw Keenan McCardell, wide receivers coach for the Vikings, went in for an interview for the uh, the Buccaneers. What are you hearing about Bucks? It seems like we have four offensive coordinator candidates at this point in time, potentially a fifth. The three that we have brought in for interviews to this point have been Keenan McCardell, former Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion, hometown guy, and now Vikings wide receivers coach. He's done a 
phenomenal job with Justin Jefferson over the year. Then you got Jim Bob Cooter. He's been all around town, most formally quarterbacks coach or passing game coordinator, I'm sorry, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he has done great work with Trevor Lawrence over there. Then we got Clint Kubiak, passing game coordinator for the Denver Broncos, formerly offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. And today they announced that they're interviewing Giants quarterbacks coach Shea Tierney, who's been with Brian Dayball since Buffalo. His time, when Dayball was at Alabama, he was with Dayball there. Then he followed him to Buffalo. Now he worked really close with Daniel Jones this year. So those are the four guys as of now. And then as a more dark horse candidate, former Todd Bowles, Jets quarterback coach, now Eagles quarterback coach, is expected to interview for the job as well. It sounds like right now, out of the three they've already interviewed, Kubiak would perhaps be the front runner, followed by McCardell with Jim Bob Cooter, a distant third. But this Giants quarterbacks coach you're bringing in today intrigues me with Shea Tierney. But at the end of the day, I'd give the front edge to the Philadelphia coach right now. I'm about to pull up his name here in a minute. But he coached with Todd Bowles when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had his best year as a pro. He had over 30 touchdowns that season, and he was the Jets quarterback coach there. So he can't interview with the Bucks right now because he's in the playoffs. Kevin Petulo it is. He's their passing game coordinator. But uh, after this game this week, expect him to interview as well. And I think he'd be considered a long shot because he didn't interview yet. But if he does interview, Kevin Petulo would be the front runner given his familiarity. I swear, it always seems like that there's a Kubiak uh, <laughs> in the in the coaching mix. And the reason I wouldn't mind him, he's only 35 years old. He was an offensive coordinator with the Vikings, and they actually scored .1 points per game more with him than they did this season. And his dad was a veteran head coach, so he has someone to turn to with advice. The only downfall there is this. Uh, Todd Bowles, he might want familiarity or veteran in there. If you bring another young guy in there and he just doesn't quite get the job done and you don't like his play calling or the coaches he brought in, that could really handcuff Bowles in the long run. So something for him to think about. With McCardell and with the Eagles coach, you at least get some familiarity in the building. You get someone you could trust a little bit and rely a little more. Well, the other thing is be careful who you hire because you might be hiring your, your replacement. And that's the thing with Clint Kubiak. He has a disappointing year. He's going to be fired, and they and look if the offense looks okay, there could be there could be your next candidate. Especially with a Clint Kubiak who's only 35 years old. If the offense looks great, his dad used to be a head coach. Say if Bucks do get rid of Bulls, they'd be in a rebuilding year. With the up-and-coming young offensive coordinators, I think you're 100% right, McGee, and that's a great point I was going to allude to as well. I think that this next offensive coordinator, some people say it's undesirable given the Brady situation, but I look at it exactly like you do. I think it's desirable for a guy because they could go in there, get the offense going, and perhaps be the next head coach. And I really do feel like, I mean, Tom Brady's going to go to, to Vegas or Miami. I feel like those are the choices. So then your quarterback situations, what Kyle Trask or someone possibly – that they bring in during free agency. I mean, you, there, there, there is the drafting route, but you can't figure that it's going to be a first round pick. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. If, if we do move on or if Brady moves on more, so it's not really up to us because we'd welcome him back. So if Brady does move on, I'd really hope the team 
and it might be a bad year, whatever. I'm willing to go through one year of those. But I'd really hope it's just Kyle Trask, a lower-end veteran here that we bring in, say like a Taylor Heineke type or another veteran type who we might bring in. And, you know, you either catch lightning in a bottle with the veteran and Trask or you have a bad season, you get a high draft pick next year, you could draft the Caleb Williams or Drake May perhaps, and then you get a new head coach. So if we if Brady does move on, I'd personally like the Trask and veteran route. But I wouldn't be surprised, as you alluded to, McGee, I think they could be looking at a Hendon Hooker or Stetson Bennett type if the rounds go by and their names are still available come late day two or early day three. What if... <laughs> It's thinking outside the bun. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it's inside the bun a little bit. (laughs) What if Vegas and Tampa Bay just swap quarterbacks? What if you end up with Derek Carr? And I could, I was talking to my friend about this the other day. He asked about that. And I go, it could be, if that is a choice that happens, I could see an outside chance of happening because if Brady, a lot worse. A lot if Brady worse. left as a – exactly. A, you could do a lot worse. And B, if Brady leaves as a free agent, we owe him $35 million in dead cap. I do think he liked the Bucks enough where they could work out a sign and trade where they lower that number perhaps and they get another quarterback in the process. So I think that's absolutely ideal for the Bucks given the dead cap space. And I think a sign and trade is possible. Derek Carr is really realistic. Well, Tom Brady's a unrestricted free agent. That's what I'm saying. That's why if he so if he signs somewhere else outright, the Bucks lose 35 million in dead cap. If he retires, it's only 10 million. If he returns, obviously that's something not to care you about. Mean, so you know he's an unrestricted re- free agent because the Bucks did all that kick in the can down the line. Uh-huh. You know, and that's how they were able to bring the boys back the last two years. And they like Brady only made not only it sounds ridiculous, but Brady got paid eleven or twelve million last year at the front end of the year, and then he's owed all that money down the line. So they've been kicking a lot Brady of his did the contract. same thing in New England too. So yeah, yep. Yeah, and now you know it comes to the point where once Brady does leave, all the funds over with all that dead cap money because you know you're going to have more mass exits and you know you're going to have to pay more guys a lot more money as well. Carr, by the way, is owed only 32 this coming year, but 24 25, he's, he's uh, 41 9 and 41 2. Mm. So for some reason, I, th- I thought he only had one or two years left. He actually has three left. I think they just extended him last offseason, believe it or not. I will say this. He's got pretty low dead cap. Mm-hmm. If they decide to just release him, his dead cap is 5.6 this year, 3.7 next year, and 1.8 in 2025. So he's a very if favorable. If him on and it didn't work out, it's really not going to cripple you in 24 and 25. That That sounds beautiful. I don't mind that option knowing that at all. The other option, obviously, would be, well, I saw one goofy, I mean, really goofy rumor, but it just doesn't make sense, would be Lamar Jackson going down to Tampa. But you'd have to change your entire offensive philosophy. And not You have to trade everybody. There is no way Chris Godwin and Mike Evans want to be blocking, run blocking for Lamar Jackson and getting 40 catches a year. And the thing with that is, 
if that means Brady's gone then, so that's $35 million in dead cap. You'd have to pay Lamar Jackson at least $40, $50 million a year. So for one or two years, you'd be paying $80, $85 million to the quarterback position on top of giving up more draft capital. And the Bucks have just announced as well that they've just conducted a virtual interview with Bengals quarterback coach Dan Pitcher for the offensive coordinator position. So throw another name into the hat. <laughs> They're just throwing everything up against the wall and see what'll stick. <laughs> Jeez, Todd Bowles is, oh, I, I like the guy as a person, but eh, hopefully you can make a couple better coaching decisions. That, well, anyways, we'll move on from that. Um, Frank Reich coming coming to the NFC South. I think that's oh by the way, Miami uh forgot to mention this. Miami fired their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, today. The reason why that's important is that he has linked to one of the one of the bigger prospects that is supposed to be coming to Miami. He's a five star receiver and but he was specifically coming there for Gattis, so it sounds like that he's going to be back up in the in the hunt. Mm. That's something to keep an eye on. It is. I don't know what – I didn't do enough digging because I, I read it right before I came on air, but I don't know who his other choices are. But regardless, there's usually only about 32 five-star players out there every year, and one of them sounds like that he, he's going to reopen the recruiting process. Man, that, that's so interesting nowadays. I feel like it happens way more now than it ever did before. It's like you must feel like crap if you get a five-star recruit, they decommit, and then they go somewhere else. It makes you feel like you did something wrong, I think. Uh, not nowadays. I don't think so because, to be honest with you, I believe that everybody's soul is for sale out there in the NIL deals, and they're just taking money wherever they can. That's fair. I just, you know, it was crippling 20 years ago when you would see, man, what happened? Why in the world did they leave? And there would always be that wink, wink, look off to the side. Ha ha, he, he, you know, we all know what really happened. A suitcase showed up on their lawn. Well, well, now it's all above the board. True. Well, most of it. I will, I will say that I still believe that there's still payments that aren't being recorded and that's going to be a problem down the line for somebody. Definitely. It definitely is. I remember Julio Jones showing up back in the day to Alabama, and he had a brand-new car all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, 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 where'd that come from? Reggie Bush had a brand-new house. <laughs> how, did, how did you explain that one at all? Oh, man. That, yeah, that – jeez. <laughs> I mean, seriously, a house. It, make it a little more obvious. If I was in that situation, someone gave me bukus of money like that, man, they would be on so many offshore accounts. <laughs> I mean, come on. What are we doing here? 20000 on the Giants tonight, please. Well, I don't think I'd be doing that. That's how you lose <laughs> your money. <laughs> they, you know, looking at the NFC championship line, it's still sitting there at two and a half. Mm. Everybody is on the Philadelphia Eagle wave. And it's see, I'm not seeing many people even giving San Francisco a chance. I still think that's a mistake. I think that's going to be a really close game. Mm -hmm. 
I feel much better with the teaser, to be honest. I don't know if, I, if I'll take San Fran just the plus two and a half, but I've already grabbed him on a teaser. What was your teaser? Uh, at the time, it was two and a half, so eight and a half. Mm. And uh, with the other game, did you pair it with, or did you just? Yeah, at the, at the time, it was two and a half, and it was one and a half, so I'm getting seven and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we talked about this Monday. Yeah. So, you know, you can go higher, but then your profit margin isn't as strong. And when you do that, all the all the sharps will tell you that you're basically building yourself a hole. Mm-hmm. If you go out there and you try to, because you're oh, well, I can just clear this. Problem is you get in that habit. And when you would normally would have bet 20, but today you're betting 35 to win 20 because you're getting less odds. Eventually that's going to catch up with you. Right. Anytime I do a teaser, anytime I talk about a teaser on the show, and give it as one of my picks. Like today, my lock, and I don't think I gave it yet. My lock today is uh, IPFW and Manhattan, Manhattan, excuse me. IPFW, uh, with basketball, it's typically a four-point teaser. So IPFW, it's it's uh, taking it up to eight and a half, and Manha- Manhattan, excuse me, now getting 10. And mm. I, I just... I did a lot of research on these games today, and I just I feel like both those games are going to be a lot closer than that line. But I liked having the extra buckets in my pocket because basketball can change on a dime like that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. But in one of the games, without getting too far into the weeds with it, one of the games, it's two of the lowest scoring schools in the nation are, are squaring off. If I can get 12 points in my pocket between two schlubs, they're probably going to play a game in the in the low 50s. I'll take that all day long. Absolutely. And then the other one they had just played a few weeks ago there there are no uh injuries and the the uh the point margin was 5 points and they just played each other. It's really hard to win to beat a team twice. And it's very hard to beat a team twice when you just barely beat them the first time. Correct. So that's where that's coming from. Just a little insight. How, how about the chat in our YouTube chat? Someone coming at Bobby's hat, take that Manche- Manchester City cap off. I didn't even realize Bobby was wearing one. Was he? I, I don't know. I, I forget. he Was he? Now that I think about it, but none of us are wearing a Manchester. I've never shirt. even known him to. Uh, I have no idea. I I have never known him to uh, to even talk about soccer. So I'll have to go back and look and see if that's what, what he was actually wearing. Yeah, because uh, neither of us are wearing one. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Was he wearing it? Let me look. Yeah. I'm looking at it. it. It's some kind of ball cap. Yeah, it looks like it might be. I can't really tell from here. I can't what it is. I, the logo that, that far away, I have no idea. Maybe he's a big soccer guy. He's never spoken of it in two years. So I, I don't <laughs> think he's that big of a soccer guy. Fair. He yeah. on and on on his walk-offs about uh, UFC. So I feel like the door would be open for soccer. Maybe someone got it for him as a gift or souvenir or whatnot. Maybe he doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> I've been there. Oh. oh man, that's good. I've complimented people before on on a brave set, and they get they take it off because oh man, 
I thought this was a I thought this was a Bama hat. <laughs> Isn't that the best? I I was in uh, Disney one like when I was a kid, and some kid was wearing a Cub shirt, and I'm like, "Nice shirt, dude!" And he looked at his shirt, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh thanks." I was like, "What?" I am rocking Austin Riley jersey today. I just right. realized that I sit so close up to the camera that you can't really see what, what I'm wearing, but um. Austin Riley and uh do you know the hat that I have on? Denver Broncos. No, sir. Really? I can't really it looks like an old D. Bull Durham. Wow, Bull Durham. There Bull you Durham go. Bulls. I like that their, even more. Their logos look similar because Denver uh, kind of copycatted theirs. But um yeah, this is the Bull uh Bull Durham. That's even cooler. And if you haven't watched that movie in a while, it's a good time to watch it. Yeah. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to hit some of the, uh, the overs and unders and tell you, and I'll tell you what, I feel very strong about both the over unders this weekend. We'll be back in a flash. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. And every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named best new cruise destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit msccruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites! I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! Here you go. Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show daily. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. 
Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles Veneer Special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. Don't you understand? This pool is our bootstraps and it's lifting us up into the middle class, dude. Well, just accept the fact that you're white trash, all right? Take a look at yourself. You can't do backflips. You don't know karate. You're white trash. Well, if you stand and block the screen, you may just lose your life. And that goes for all 30 friends and 30 friends' wives. Because he's the armchair. Welcome back. Turns, you've been checking out any of the Australian Open as the Joker's heading to the to the uh, the finals? I've been keeping up with it on radio, sports talk, and whatnot. I actually haven't watched much myself, but I've been keeping up with it. So, tonight... What do we have here? I have to move. Forward. It's really hard to keep up with because it comes on in the middle of the of the night. Correct. So the, <laughs> I like how you answer people like they're in the middle of a of <laughs> of taking a quiz. Correct. You're. I noticed something. I didn't notice till the other day. Your brother has that same faux pas. Y'all both answer questions. They correct. It's not really answering. It's commenting. It just cracks me up. But anyways, um, Rhea Bikina, <laughs> if that's how you pronounce her name, she is uh, going head-to-head with Sabalenka tonight, 3.30 in the morning. Now, there was a time and a place where I used to stay up till 3.30 in the morning. I was still up, and I, I, I recall watching the Australian Open with friends. That's not happening. Now, I do think it all comes full circle. I think in about 10 or 15 years, I'll be getting up at 3.30 in the morning, and, I, and I'll, once again, I'll be watching it. I've, I've watched some of the, the highlights, and I'll replay it if I'm here in the studio j- just to watch the matches because I, I do pretty much stay away from the scores. They're not really inundated to you. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know till a little while ago that uh, the Joker had won. I've been watching it during the entire show today. Mm-hmm. But um, I do enjoy the majors, but I'm not getting up at three or thirty in the morning. Nope. The, I remember that felt like KBO Korean baseball when uh, the pandemic was going on. If you wanted to watch any sort of baseball, and hey, I woke up that early a couple times. I'm not afraid to admit it. Not a good thing, but you know. Well, funny story. When that was going on, we were doing a show out of uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and. The short of it is Korean Baseball League, the KBO, their games were starting at 5.30, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's either 5 or 5.30. Mm-hmm. Our show started shortly after that. This is back when we were doing, um, at one point we were doing a, a three-hour, and then it went to four. So I don't remember the exact, exact time. But anyways, 7 a.m., and then we eventually uh, caught on to where 6 a.m., so 6 to 10 a.m. So I was watching a lot of KBO, and man, you want to talk about the most difficult thing you will ever do is (laughs) 
friend of mine actually mentioned this to me in a text one day. I'll never forget it. Cause they were talking about the first responders and, you know, obviously, you know, uh, for very good reason. And also talking about everybody that was working in the, in the, in the, uh, medical field. And, you know, at the time they were getting a lot of commercials that, uh, you know, were basically saying, thank, thank everybody in the medical profession. And then of course, anyone in law enforcement for very good reason, but he sent me a joke one day and don't get it. Don't get it twisted. It was a joke, but he just said, he goes, nobody's talking about the real heroes. You guys who are talking sports for four hours a day and there's no sports to talk about. <laughs> and the stuff we would have to come up with to talk on the, God, I know it only lasts about eight or 10 weeks. It felt like, <sighs> it, it, it was, it was like years. It, it, it was the longest two month period of all time. I mean, you're literally sitting there. It's like, do I turn on a replay of an old game? Do I turn on radio to hear about food and it's sports radio? It's like, what the heck is there to do? Talk about we it. Were, it was crazy. So I was having to get really creative. I was doing a four hour show and sometimes it was by myself and we were going down memory lane. And so I was getting all these clips from previous like great games and we were, and that's what, and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. Brutal. When they finally came back with, I remember it was like backyard tennis was being televised live. They were telling you it was professional, but my word, it, it, I mean, it was in someone's backyard. You ain't got to lie to me. That, and there was v- different versions of racing that was coming on. I've never been so happy to cover that kind of stuff in my life. Yeah. We got ourselves a ball game today. We, we we got some uh, Australian bowling going on. Hey, anything? I remember doing an entire show about the stupid horse thing that ESPN put on. <laughs> do you remember that? The horse? Yep, I do remember that. We did an entire show the day after talking about it, <clears throat> mainly because it was awful. But I remember about a, a week later, someone goes to call in to talk about it. I'm not doing another show on them playing horse. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Because, because I want to say they played on like a Wednesday and they played again on a Sunday. Someone called like that following Monday and said, wanted to talk about it. I said, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. I was like, I couldn't do it, man. Watching people play horse. Nope. And that's literally what, what we mean by you play this. You don't watch this. They also had like NBA guys playing each other in video games during that time too. It's like, geez, oh, it's brutal. We we were televising our own video games. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were. I think you. I, th- I think you and Joey came around just after all that. I was um a little bit during the pandemic for a couple weeks during the week. I remember. I think Monday mornings for a little bit because I worked from home at that point in time. But then. I went away for a little bit and I right. came back about a half year later. But I, my first brief stint on the armchair quarterbacks was Monday mornings during the pandemic. Okay. Was it was it when sports was first coming back or was it afterwards? It was when it was a little, it was like the fall. So you guys are doing that in like the spring and summer. Well, at least you didn't have to, I mean, literally, I mean, that, I mean, it's, it's in the constitution. That was cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I was sitting going, jeez. Just, I'm, I was ready to lick doorknobs just to give myself a, a chance of 
catching COVID. So I, so I had an opportunity not to do the show. I, I can see you falling asleep, nodding at the wheel and people, come on, wake up. We covered the KBO because it, because it, when it came back, I was like, dude, we got something to actually talk about. Don't know who we're talking about. Don't, re- but every once in a while, you, you you would see a player that you recognize from the major leagues pop up. Oh, we go on, but we we had these long. I I still have the the clips in my uh, in in my uh, sound box. Mm-hmm. I come across from time to time. Man, I did a lot of this. I mean, there's at least a hundred clips where you would hear the vault open, the vault close, and in between that would be a clip, and it would be you know it. First, it started off with all the great games, and then because it dragged on so long, I started finding obscure games that I felt like people would be entertained about hearing about that they had no idea. Yeah, I remember. You're right, though, on some MLB guys being over there because I remember Cubs pitcher now, Adrian Sampson, was definitely one of those cats that were over there. I was dusting on DVDs that people had given to me over the years. And I remember there was a D there's a DVD that I went through and it was old world series games, right? Yeah. Shaky camera, the whole nine yards blurry. I watched every single one of those. Cause I, I wa- do the show. You couldn't leave the house, right? You're on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was, but I really didn't want to watch. I, I, I was fiending for anything sports related. And if I didn't know the outcome, I would watch it. That's what we would try and do. We'd even toss some money on it sometimes. We had to put, <laughs> put a little faith in each other that we actually didn't know. But we'd Google, like, basketball full game 1992 and throw on a random one. You know that they're still on these sites that we give you the uh, the free uh, the, the, the sign-up bonus and everything? That, by the way, is in the chat if you want to take, a, take advantage of the sign-up bonus. I'll put it on the screen here. Did you know that they still take bets on random, uh, I call them esports, but basically video games that are being simulated? That's crazy. And I don't even know how they're watching it. I guess I guess there's an outlet to watch it, maybe on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. Like you are really gonna bet on? Oh my word! And then one night I caught myself after a couple of pops. I was like looking. I was like, all right, that's it, man. Like, just walk away. Cause I was seriously thinking about just throwing like $2 on or something and see if I could find the, the YouTube channel. <laughs> I was like, walk away, man, walk away. This is a terrible idea. Do not know. This is literally the PSA moment, right? Wake up in the morning. Yeah. I lost on these sports. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bet your mortgage on Madden 97? (laughs) (laughs) Honey, we got to move. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? My walk-off for the day is uh, don't gamble on eSports. But no, for real, uh, enjoy these championship games. They're two doozies. You might, I mean, I know every year we, we say they're awesome games, but this time you really got four solid teams. Appreciate greatness, Burrow or Mahomes. Or the defenses, you got Hurts on the other side, a guy like Brock Purdy. Enjoy it. And one last little wrestling note, uh, wouldn't be a wrestling Royal Rumble Saturday if I didn't mention it for you folks. Royal Rumble this Saturday, so enjoy if you're a wrestling fan. Where's that at? That is in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome, I believe. San Antonio. All right. My... uh... 
walk-off for the day is we'll be back uh, Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. right here on Braves Country, and we're going to be doing the kickoff show. Make sure you you tune in and uh, have a great weekend. It's Friday. Go enjoy yourself. Just don't do it too much, and please act responsibly. We'll see you Sunday for one of, I mean, come on. It's probably the best football day of the year. Great job, Tones, and uh, that is correct. <laughs> Correct. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the 5th. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, in Noonan, Georgia. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks, Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates.